Chapter Thirty-Three of Sea Stories for Wonder Eyes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Grimson B. Sea Stories for Wonder Eyes by Mrs. A. S. Hardy. More about the squids. More about the squids. Down to the pier we went. There we found squids that were yet alive and in full possession of all their faculties, lying imprisoned in the deep tide pools. No better opportunity could have been given us for our study, and we were not long in seeing that our fisherman friend had called their changing color. We selected two fine specimens, nearly a foot long, that lay near together, and sat down upon the sand to watch their every movement. One squid was of a bright red color when we found it. The other was a beautiful blue. In a few seconds the little girl, who wondered, exclaimed, They are playing tricks on us. The red one is growing blue, and the blue one is green. Now there are waves of yellow running over them both. True it was. We saw pink and blue and brown and orange flash with a great rapidity through the tissues covering the bodies of these wonderful creatures. We examined the dead squids that lay nearby and found that small dark spots were to be seen covering the surfaces of their bodies. We walked out on the pier and looked for other squids in the water below us. For some time none were to be seen, but we remembered our fisherman friend had told us, There'll be times when ye can't see one through, there'll be dozens under your very eyes. We were almost ready to give up and go back to our prisoners on the tide pools when along came a school of bass leaping, flashing, and playing as if they were just out of school, and up darted dozens of shining squids and caught a breakfast in their long, sucker-like arms, for the unsuspecting school of bass had seen the squids no more than we. The experience made us wiser, and we watched the wily squids sink back to the sea-bottom, assuming so perfectly the color of the sand and rack as again to be unnoticed. As we became better acquainted with our squid friends, we learned that they were able quickly to assume the color of surrounding objects. This is for their protection, as well as to assist them in securing their prey. The dark spots we had discovered upon the bodies of our dead squids showed us where lay little color cells covering the surface of the animal's body. These cells appear to run together, and upon opening and closing rapidly at the will of the squid, they send the color fluids over the strange creatures in rapid flashes, making them really the chameleons of the sea. Besides this power which they have of making themselves inconspicuous, they have still another means of protection and escape from enemies. This is an ink bag which every squid carries. 
If too hotly pursued, it forces ink from this sack into the sea, and the surrounding water at once becomes so clouded that the squid, unseen, is able to make its escape. Watching the squids darting through the water so rapidly, we do not wonder they are sometimes called sea arrows and flying squids. Will you believe me when I tell you that the squids are near relatives of Prince Fasciolaria and of Captain Fulger, who lived in his houseboat, or of the bivalves, those sea people who live in houses with double doors? This is really true. We must remember that the shell in which the animal lives is its house, and not the animal itself, no matter how closely they may be joined together. We find the bodies of Prince Fasciolaria, of Captain Fulger, and of the bivalve families are really made on much the same plan as the bodies of the squids. They each have their all-important mantle. In the cavity of the mantle of each are heart and gills and nerves and digestive organs, acting very much alike in all of them. Wise people who think they have become very well acquainted with them all, tell us that the squids have finer organisms and are much smarter sea folk than are their cousins of whom I have told you. They tell us too that the brains of these smart squids are in a ring around their gullets. It seems to be the opinion of squids that they need no outside shell for protection, but they do need an inside shell or backbone for support, so their shell is within, and is a long, slender rod. It is shaped something like a quill or feather, and is called a pen. The mantle cavity in the squid is really a bag formed of the mantle and having its opening only at the end next to the animal's head. In this bag we find a large tube or siphon, which carries water to the gills and through which the water is forced from the cavity in such a way and with such power as to shoot the animal backward with great rapidity. The squid has also two fins that help it in swimming. Its head appears to be split up into ten arms. This gives it another name, which is long and hard, but which means head-footed, or arms around the head. Eight of these arms are short and thick, and covered on the inner side with rows of suckers. The two remaining arms are long and slender, excepting near the ends, where they enlarge and are oval and club-shaped, and are also covered with sucking discs. These arms, with all their suckers, are powerful weapons from which there is no chance of escape for the little sea-traveler once within their grasp. Especially terrible is the giant squid, whose arms are often thirty feet long, reaching out on every side and armed with hundreds of these powerful suckers. Notwithstanding the weapons our common squids carry and the tricks they play, they still form a large part of the food of fishes, jellyfishes, whales, and seabirds. Even the great and dangerous giant squid fears the sperm whale, and in their battles the sperm whale is always the victor. 
Tell us, sea squids, little wonders, what you do and what you think. Can't you write us all about it? Write it with your pen and ink. Then the squids, the little wonders, sent in gurgles through the brine. We have written scores of letters, and you cannot read a line. Send the squids, the little wonders. We had cousins long ago who have left on stony tablets things that you would like to know. End of chapter 33. More about the squids. Recording by Grimson B.